Hey, I'm Zach Snyder, and you're listening to the Black Bar Podcast. Today, Caleb, Nick, and I will be talking with Jay Cranda, online pastor at Saddleback Church, about digital church and online discipleship. Jay is always a wealth of knowledge, so we're very excited to have him back for this two-part podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for a link to Jay's website that's full of resources for churches developing their online ministries. Also, if you found value in what Black Bar is doing and would like to support us, you can visit patreon.com slash blkbar. Now let's get into this episode as we uncover more secrets of developing a sustainable online community. All right, so I'm here with Caleb and Nick. Hey, guys. Hey. Hey. And then we're also with a guest that was actually one of the uh, the most enjoyed podcasts of last year with Jay Cranda. We talked about Online Church 101. Jay, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. I'm on my thousandth Zoom call of the day like everybody else in the universe. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So it's been a whole year since the last time we talked. Uh, anything new in oh, your life? Oh, gosh. Is it really? Be- don't say that. Don't, that's weird. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, man, it's been crazy. It's been like, I keep thinking it's been like this mate, like everybody got upgraded to the internet all at once, it feels mm. like. Mm. Like everybody, right. like everybody who kind of understood it already, of course, like, you know, it was like, okay, cool. But then like, it's like, everybody fit, had to figure out how to do things that they needed yep. to do. So that's mm-hmm. been interesting, especially for our church. It's been like, you know, I, I think we had a thriving online ministry, but we also had a very stable and thriving, uh, you know, physical and person, you know, campus strategy and the thought of like, okay, what do we do with that stopping? And it's been interesting watching us, uh, you know, pivot in this season. And also mm-hmm. as we kind of start to kind of think about reopening, you know, we, we haven't been open. Our church hasn't been open uh, since March. Wow. Um, and so uh, we've just now started to at least explore, you know, what it would look like. And it's just like, it's like muscles that aren't as stretched, you know, it's like, okay, we got to got to get back out there. Mm-hmm. But it, it's been fun. My job has changed quite a bit. I feel like I've been in like hundreds of conversations about how my job is going to continue to evolve in the next season. So it's been fun. Sure. Right. Yeah. I was wondering if you had been uh, bombarded with everyone asking, what does online pastor mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's for sure. The amount of my friends that I went to seminary with or something that were like, Hey Jay, I would love to just chat with you. <laughs> sure. You know what that's, you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, yeah, man, I'm glad to help. I mean, like there was a, one of my, one of my seminary profs, uh, in un- yeah, an undergrad, he was he taught my youth ministry class, and when I was in uh, undergrad, I was gonna I wanted to be a youth pastor. And um, anyways, he taught this class. He's one of the one of the are like one of my favorite teachers, and he uh, took over the church. He was a youth pastor. He took over the church at like a probably I don't know ten years ago, right around the time that I was taking him. And he he has this thing where I met with him probably like two times two or three times pre-COVID, him and his church, his church of like probably 500 or 300. And mm-hmm. he was always asking me about online, how important it was. But, you know, at a church at three, 500, you know, you're just trying to figure out how to make in-person work and you don't have right. digital staff yeah. and stuff. You don't have a communications person. And right. anyways, he has the saying, like, he was like pre-COVID, um, you know, I felt like we all flirted with digital and then like going into mm-hmm. COVID, mm-hmm. Um, it was like a shotgun wedding. <laughs> and, yeah. and I've said that probably so many times mm-hmm. because it cracks me up because it's totally true. It's mm-hmm. like when you don't have to figure out something, 
you know, you have tons of time. And, mm-hmm. um, and I've spent, I spent a lot of time with his team actually had some more serious conversations, but I had the same conversations pre COVID where I was like, Hey, you got to think about this. You got to get, you know, the number one thing is, is that we don't have like the money or staff to do it. And I'm like, you guys, every church has, you know, especially even if you're at like 50 or hundred, you've got some digital natives in your community that can help you navigate this. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a position, you know, you, you can just say, Hey, I noticed you have a pretty killer like Instagram account. Like, can you help our church mm-hmm. figure this out? Like, that's all, it, you know? And, and so I've been doing a lot of those talks, just like pushing them to like, you know, the same way as like churches have like, you know, different real estate people to help them find land. You know, they, they do all that or find a, yeah. a place to lease, like just invest in, figure out, you know, have like a digital summit or something and figure out what type of skills you got, you know, in your community. Cause I bet you got somebody and you probably got somebody that knows more about certain stuff than I do. I, I could tell you that like the digital landscape is so robust. We were just talking about pre-recording here before we started recording, how like I'm terrible at like recording and I'm struggling with having camera set up. Sure. But guess what? I can lean into other people. I, like I asked my brother, like, Hey, what camera should I get? So anyways, mm-hmm. I've been doing a lot of that. Yeah, sure. Did you uh, start the uh, Jay Cranda TikTok dance uh, craze? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, I am staying away from TikTok as much as I can. Not embarrass myself. That that is seems like that seems like a really bad recipe. But yes, that 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 should be on my horizon. <laughs> All right. Well, if that ever changes, let us know. Um, <laughs> this past year, honestly, I think we've. I think everyone's just learned a lot. Period. And something that we've kind of started to develop. We talked about. Um, within ourselves about three types of church media strategies. We have like the pioneers, the people that are front of the game that were already streaming, that are already innovating. You have the traditionalists that were like drawn into COVID streaming, kicking and screaming. Uh, And then you have the majority, which is like the adapters Mm. and they're learning from, they're either coming from traditionalism uh, into this kind of adaptive mode where they're saying, okay, we want elevation standards, but we just picked up like a $50 streaming kit from, <laughs> from Amazon. So it's like, it's been interesting in that regard because we keep seeing that this first, I guess last year really was the groundwork. Mm-hmm. People were flirting and then they went right to the wedding. So now you either have groups of people that are deciding, okay, we want to commit to this and we actually want to start growing and laying foundation. But you also have the people that are just like, okay, this was kind of a lot of headache and a lot of work and a lot of money. We're just going to drop it. So I think I think tonight's conversation at least is kind of picking up for the former group where they're just asking, we're online, now what? You know, what does online discipleship look like, right? Yeah. So, Jay, uh, now that, you know, COVID is uh, sent us for almost an entire year uh, into an online space, um, and it sounds like from what you've told us, you've, you've become almost this, this expert into uh, setting up the online campuses. What do you think would be the foundational building blocks to creating a sustainable online campus or online church community? Yeah. Yeah. I I would say a couple things. First off is, you know, determine if your church wants to have a community or just a stream, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, because you you don't necessarily need to do, you know, both, you know, you you can determine, you know, I, I like to say like you're a, you're a local church that happens to be online. So the idea is you have a local presence in your city and then you have an online strategy, which it might just be a stream and some discipleship type of tools and follow up. Um, but building a full fledged, you know, like campus or community takes 
takes some shepherding. It takes some very, you know, big strategic thinking and it needs a shepherd. It needs somebody who's kind of holding it all together. You know, a lot of times it's just, you know, people are streaming on Facebook or YouTube or whatever on the church online platform. And, you know, uh, I I got this email yesterday from somebody um, that was like, I've been, you know, I I don't know how big their church is, but, you know, I've been doing online stuff for my church and, you know, like there's not a lot of people engaging, you know, in our comments and we have a Facebook group, but there's nothing. And, and I, I just was like, you know, building a community um, takes time. You know, it's it's you have to invest in. It's like planting a church. You know, it's it's not mm-hmm. you're not going to have a bunch of people at first unless you've done like a tons of like you know uh, canvassing prior and, and all that stuff. And so I think part of it is is um, you know I would really think having somebody just over the community that's just quality control, who's the shepherd, they're the mm. point person, maybe even the person that represents the community on camera if you do anything. Okay, um, I think. I think having spaces too, like I, I talk a lot about this where it's like, you know, have your like large gatherings time, which is your live stream interaction, have your your medium type of events that might be, you know, uh, weekly or monthly, like a Zoom call, you know, have smaller type of expressions where you're meeting with people. And if you start doing that, kind of like thinking about a church building, you know, like you have your service, you have your, your patio or or after service type of connection, you have events. It, you know, a lot of people are just doing weekend stuff and they're like, why isn't there a community where it's just like one hour a week, you know? You gotta have multiple spaces, hmm. you know? Like, yeah. we're doing this thing tonight where like we're we're doing a meetup for people who live in Idaho. And you know, there might be like, you know, 10, 15 people on the call, but like we're making the large community very small. Right. And I'm just gonna hang out with people that live in Idaho. And you know, I, I, I'm just doing a lot of those things. So I, I think having somebody representing it, yeah, um, interacting with it, the same person, you know, it means a lot when I jump on a call or I call somebody or I, I message somebody like, oh, wow, like you're the guy who's like interacting, like you're the pastor. I can't believe I'm getting that. So mm-hmm. I, I've, and I've done that a long time. So I've, I've built up that community. Um, and then we have those spaces. Some of those things I think are really important, especially at launch. Hmm. That's cool. If you don't mind uh, getting into some of the specifics, I recommended to so many people that they use your website, jcranda.com, which we'll link in the show notes. But on there, uh, I saw this idea of the purpose of the online church where you kind of break down into these five kind of purposes or these five pillars. Yeah. Um, would you mind just going a little bit into what that is uh, and, and why, I guess, maybe why you decided that those are the things that made the most sense for the online space? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things is that um, you know, every church has its own strategy. You know, we're called to similar things, but at least the methodology of it's going to look a little different. You know, you might be a Elevation, you might be a Saddleback, you might be a Life Church or, you know, Highlands, whatever. There, there's there's a bunch of different types of expressions that um, are all good. And I think part of it is, is figuring out how to do online or digital ministry for your context. This is why it's not a, a copy and paste strategy. It's It's you know, for us, for example, groups are really important in how we do things. And so part of what we did, at least at the start, was we thought about, okay, our church is a purpose-driven church, and we think of this uh, through the Great Commandment, the Great Commission, Matthew 22, Matthew 28, and we lay out these purposes, and ultimately we want every believer to be a well-rounded believer, not just somebody who is just all about discipleship or all about fellowship. It's, it's all five of these purposes. And so in my case... I, you know, we started to think through each of these purposes and go, okay, how do we do this? And then where do we draw a red line where, at least for us in our own context, and every church is going to be a little different, like when do we want this to go offline um, into in-person? And so, um, 
not everyone's going to have same, you know, same thinking about this. Like for us, you know, the way we do church primarily is uh, through a campus strategy where they're meeting in person. And so we want to build something that makes sense for our leadership, our church, how we're resourced and staffed. And so um, the way we started to break it down was, okay, you know, you can worship online in, in this way, you know, through our services, and we're going to corporately gather on YouTube and all these different platforms. Um, you can fellowship through, you know, online groups that meet over Zoom or whatever type of platform. Um, you know, you can do discipleship, obviously, through, you know, resources on demand, maybe trainings that we do throughout the year. We have classes monthly that we teach. We have these four classes that we monthly teach um, that that are really important. And we just taught those this past weekend. And we had we had 25 people go through that. And, you know, the idea is we're moving people through the funnel yeah. um, ministry. We have different ministries and that people can serve in. Um, and then we have evangelism obviously through our service and then through your local small group and then we if you start to build this out this is why it's like drawing your whiteboard of how you know usually if somebody asks me that like how they want to do online ministry i always say like do you have a document on how you just disciple people and do church let's just like translate that and so the purposes for us is how we've kind of framed that and for us one of the big things we kind of landed on early on was if i could get somebody far away to start a small group in their home then the idea was is that they got you know either five to you know twenty five people in their area, and if they if I just help them live out the purposes either through an online event or something they host in their home like a resource a packet a class, then it actually just starts to look like church. It's not online church; it's local church. Right um, now, not every church sh- should go down that avenue. I actually think most churches should lean into you know, being a local church that's online. And if you start to see a growing international or far away audience, then you can lean into like a house church type of strategy. I don't think it's for everyone. We're just such a big community that I think it's um, it's really natural for us to lean into it. But the purpose is for us is how we do church. So it's really easy, like, let's just map it out. You know, where are the pitfalls? What doesn't make sense? One of the things I learned early on, like there are some gaps in our strategy and like, how do I work on that? Like baptism is a great example. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like it's really hard yeah. to like, we have a way and it's awesome where we can train somebody near you to baptize you like in a pool or in a bathtub. Sure. But I got to tell you, like, you know, I've done it all of like maybe 20 times, right? you know, and I've been an online pastor for like almost 10 years and it's because it's a huge commitment. And I always think like, mm. how do I normalize that? The same way as like Zoom normalized meeting online. Like, how do you do that? And it's like, well, it's still, there's stuff. And we, I'm always trying to crack that, that nugget. But anyways, I, for the purposes, it's just how we do church. And so I I just kind of laid that out and, and, and I have some, I like spent time diagramming it out, you know, and I just like really think about that. And then that helped me present our model to our leadership. Cause I think that's the thing is I started to actually like write it down. Cause I wanted our leadership to really think about what we try, what are we actually trying to build? You know, it's not just. Um, some, you know, online only type of expression, which is okay. It just, it's not how our church, you know, ultimately like my church is driving the initiative, like my, my pastor and our elders are driving the initiative and I'm stewarding that. So I got to figure out that line. And then what I found is as they've trusted me more and on building it, because I've shown them what I'm actually doing, mm-hmm. uh, they give me more freedom in other areas. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, we've talked so much, I think we've made multiple videos and podcasts about the importance of communication between media people, tech people, marketing people, or whatever, and leadership. Yeah. And, and, 
and how it doesn't matter how good you are or how well thought through the plan is if, if the leadership doesn't understand it it's not going to work <laughs> it's not it's not going to be successful yeah uh one of the things i'm personally super curious of your opinion on uh we, we've been talking about a lot this year within the black bar community the idea of of a digital uh missionary mm. and that basically being a way to evangelize and, and 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 kind of reach the world online and we've really been trying to focus and thinking about it and 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 everything and i don't think it's too hard to imagine what that could look like online but i think a wall for a lot of people it's like okay yeah sure we get them saved we evangelize whatever and then after that comes the discipleship and, and that part for a lot of people like long-term uh online only exclusive in discipleship is a, a more difficult thing to imagine there's a lot of pieces to it, a lot of relational parts to it yeah and i'm curious from your perspective and from saddleback church for perspective or you being involved in, in this in this world if you've seen any other churches what do you think is is going to be uh, like how are you doing healthy online discipleship yeah yeah that's a big that that's a that's a good question you know i i so for us and it, the way we think about it is that we want people long-term to be in face-to-face -face community, mm -hmm. um, but we also understand the opportunity to start a conversation digitally. Sure. And so um, for us, the way we've kind of started to think about this is that I'm always trying to to create opportunities because really what online has done, it's made the back row Christian row a lot bigger. You know, mm -hmm. like people yeah. can just sit in the back of your service and never engage. Right. And, and a lot of times people see that online and they go, um, you know, they they say, "Oh, wow, we have so many people engaging, but no one's no one's actually like reaching out." You know, and and I go, mm -hmm, "Well, right. yeah, because that's you know the classic. You know, that's what the internet has done. It's made it's it's removed all the friction. It's easier than ever. You know, the same way it's easier than ever to start a business. It's easier ever to fail at a business. True, um, yeah, for sure. And and that's what's happened. Um, you know, uh, digitally. And so I I think part of my job is. A lot of what we try to do online is we try to make it as seamless as possible for people to step forward and just make themselves known. Um, and the way we do that is primarily on the weekend through you know response type of elements and how we follow up both automated and personally. And then what are we inviting them into? And so um, that can be um, into our Facebook group to just to kind of get a little bit more known. It could be onto an email list. It could be to an event. And the way we kind of think about this at a high level is we want to get you either um, into a small group where you're being known by other people on a smaller level um, or you're taking one of our classes. Right. And we've spent a lot of time um, this past year and even this next year, we're thinking about this more, is um, providing more ways for people to just take one of our discipleship classes without really having to talk to anybody. Oh, wow. Um, because I think it's, I, I kind of think of it as like, a, it's kind of like, you know, Instagram stalking somebody. Sure. You know, yeah. like, sure. like you just want to like, Okay, I just want to see what that person's about. Right. You know, like who are they following? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. What, like, what's what's going on? And people want to do that about your church. You know, like yeah. You know, we I, I think we really do forget about like, you know, the farther you've been away from God, the more you've been away from church, or maybe you've never been around church. They don't really understand what's going on inside that building. You know. Sure. Um. You know, I've been to other churches around the country and around the world, and trust me, sometimes I feel uncomfortable in those churches. Oh yeah. Sure. Um. Just because like. If they sing different or they do something different, I'm like, oh, well, this is not the church I'm used to, you know? Yeah. And new right. people feel that. And I think what you do on a discipleship class or maybe some online event, you allow them to kind of get 
comfortable. You know, if, if, if you've ever done something for the first time, you know, which I, we all have, it's just, it's weird. And um, let alone, you know, bringing God into it. And so I think classes allow them to get familiar with faces, with how your church talks. Um, I was just, actually, I have a friend um, who pastors a church in um, St. Petersburg area. It's like outside of St. Louis. Wow. And they just, they're experimenting with it. They just started streaming 360 on, on YouTube. And, oh, cool. And mm. it's really cool. They're, Interesting. They're, they're a church of probably like 2,000. It's actually super experimental. So, like, he gave me, like, an unlisted right. feed. I figured out how to view it on my Oculus Quest. And I was, uh, like, yeah. I, <laughs> I, I like, goal. was, like, I was sitting in the front row. Yeah. Yeah. And I've actually been to their church. And I was, like, I actually texted him. I said, oh, the, the woman in the red attended mm-hmm. both services. Like, I knew that because of, like, the <laughs> yeah. angle. Oh, sure. my God. But it was, like, I looked around and... I was like, I'm in the worship center. Like, this is cool. Mm. And this is like, and so the thought is that if I had never been there and then I went through the next weekend, I would actually have some idea, you know, it's, you know, I kind of, I kind of think of it as like when I drive by like a a Mormon temple or a Jehovah's Witness, like whatever worship place, like I have, I've never been inside one of those myself. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to think of all all I'm going to know about them is Whatever I've studied in school and whatever South Park has told me growing up. Like, right. yeah. Like, that's absolutely. all. Absolutely. Like, yeah. And so, like, you think about that, how foreign that is for me. Like, a lot of people have that. So, I think discipleship classes, a lot of these things where they can just seamlessly jump on your website or somewhere and just take something and just meet. Because once they kind of go, oh, it's Pastor Jay. Oh, Jay's relatable. Like, he said, like, that allows them to kind of take. So, I think we're just trying to, I keep thinking of it as like, trying to encourage all of our ministry teams, our campuses, different people to offer as many digital experiences as we can and then invite them from that to physical or some other other you know next step. But I, I that's the the logic. It's it's just making it more seamless and easy to kind of continue on because we do things because of, you know, relationships mm-hmm. and those classes start to establish some credibility and some connection because even, you know, I, I've been again, I've been an online pastor for a long time and a lot of people at our main campus, you know, will run into me and be like, they'll talk to me like they know me. And mm, wow. And it's because they see me every week or, you know, pre-COVID or they, they get my emails and they relate to me. And it's like funny how that works. And I, you know, only know their email address or maybe I don't know them. And that right. this <laughs> you, you gotta think about how do you create more of those oh, yeah. experiences? I think membership classes online, something on demand on, on a YouTube you know, your channel or get an LMS, something like that is a beginner step, but there's a lot more type of things. I, I kind of rambled there, but that's there's some stuff to think about. No, that's great stuff, man. Thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, I get you. I think so I'm I'm super curious there was a point that you said or uh, towards the very beginning of that is essentially like obviously you have all these online ministry but eventually the end goal is to you know get them into that face-to-face that physical butts and seats conversation right mm. so I'm, I'm curious from your perspective because this has been and i don't think there's a like a perfect answer to this we've been talking about this for a year we don't have a perfect answer but is there like fundamentally in your perspective uh, something about being in person versus being online. Is yeah, there yeah. something about church that we just can't recreate or can't do online? Yeah, yeah. That requires that physical interaction. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, so I would say yes. There are limitations um, to at least a fuller expression of church online. I, I don't think it's a. You know, again, God understands the circumstances of where you're at sure. and why you can't do certain things. So if you can't come in person, I, I don't think the question is is that 
if if you if you can't attend something physically because either a security issue or where you're at it's not that god is seeing you, you've come up short on church i think that the question is is you know um you you know where you're at really that the answer is is that the the kind of the theological question is that is there is there a fuller expression of biblical community like is is there some bar to yeah. to, mm-hmm. to meet and you know, I, I always go back to the thief on the cross, like where the thief on the cross somehow hit some kind of minimal expression of community by, hmm. um, you know, um, by you know accepting Jesus as his savior on the cross. Now, it, nobody should thrive to be the thief on the cross, you know, type of thing. Sure, it, you sure. Know, like yeah, that's the minimum. Understandable. It's, relationship with Jesus isn't a get out of hell, you know, card. That that's right. not how it yeah. works. Right. Um, we we know it's a takeover, you know, um, and it's. It's much more than that. And so I think a lot of times that question is kind of, and I understand the question because a lot of people are pushing different things and mm-hmm. and we need to think about questions are supposed to challenge us what we actually believe and, and what does this mean? Um, but I, I, I honestly would think if, if you have an opportunity to provide somebody something face-to-face that's healthy, I, I would never not offer that, you know? Sure, um, that makes sense. Um, and so I, I, that's how I think of it. But now I've also ran into a lot of scenarios over the years where, you know, because of season of life, you know, a lot of traveling, you know, I get a lot of people that are traveling to different parts in um, Asia, into the Middle East that are in countries like Saudi Arabia or something that they just can't go to a church because of different issues, you know? Right. And, um, you know, and the thing, again, with some of these regions, it's it's all about, you know, what I've discovered. um, It's all about um, you can publicly worship. But the way they get you is that you can't you can't publicly convert, mm-hmm. and so if the, they always they try to get you like the idea is that it they make evangelism illegal um, because the thought is that the Christians over time will just die out, and so they'll say, hey, you Christian, so they'll tell people outside the countries in a lot of these countries, um, and every country is a little different, but they'll say like, oh, hey. You can you can worship, but you can't share your faith. That's illegal. Hmm. And the thought is, within a couple sure. generations, they're hoping Christianity will just die. And obviously, it doesn't die because you know the church goes underground. And and I think this is the thought: is like, what do you do right. with your Muslim friend who wants to convert but can't? And this is where online makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, this is happening in Utah. A lot of ministries are using online to help uh, reach out to Mormons. Wow. Um, because they know they're going to be, you know, thrown out of their family if they just go to the church. Sure. And so mm-hmm. online is a great way for them to audit. Now, eventually, you want them to take that step, but they're going to have to risk crazy amount of things, you know, losing their families and different things. And so, right. I think online is a great way to kind of introduce people. And then even security, you know, I've ran into, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, abuse issues where they can't leave. And so I, I, I really understand why online could be a permanent option for people, but I'm never going to take my foot off the gas of like. If you can start something in your home, if you've got a great church down the street, I'm going to always say, hey, that's a priority. Um, but I will say there's people like DJ Soto with Virtual Reality Church that are doing some really cool things, um, which I go, I don't know what that's going to be. I have no idea, you know, what the future is going to hold. But I, I definitely think face-to-face, you know, uh, there's a reason why you have to take off the goggles. I think there's a reason why we understand stuck at home, even though I might be connected to all my friends, mm-hmm. you know, at home. There's a reason why that comes up short. Um, and I think there's some technology there. Sure. If the technology evolves to a point where, like, you know, we're holodecking or something, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's just not there sure. just yet to me. Like yeah, our yeah. Ready Player One church. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ready Player <laughs> One. You know, like I'm, I'm down. Yeah, Let's do it. yeah. That you know, if that's if that's the future, you know, there's something mm-hmm. there that I think would be different. But I think I only can give. Yeah. 
you know a vice based off where we're at now sure 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 it's it's really interesting um and I don't know if I mentioned this last time you're on our show um, and stuff, but to me, I find this really intriguing. There's actually a pastor out there somewhere who will baptize people through VR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, yeah, and, and it just it's such a crazy concept to me. Um, but it it kind of like goes into some of the things that we are struggling with with online. Uh, church communities and I, I we kind of touched on this earlier but I, I loved it when I saw your your tweet about it that you you gave uh, I think it was a husband uh, some tips and, and instructions to be able to baptize I think was it his wife yeah or, or, yeah it was his or, wife yeah that is so cool yeah I, I, I love that it's it's crazy and and I think it is DJ who did the baptism thing um, hmm. on VR it was actually number one on the on Reddit's front board when it happened yes it was <laughs> yeah I yes it, it was it yep, was that's, crazy. That's I texted definitely him. where I saw it too <laughs> I texted him when that happened I've, I've, I've hung oh, out with man. DJ a couple times um, him and his wife and his, and his kids and uh, you know and, and DJ and I like get along but I, I've told him like he's just reaching a different type of people you know and yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the thought like every one of these communities has its own rules and has its own you know everything you know I, I would always joke about this with Reddit you know like how many times I've been like I go on Reddit and then like I've been told by a moderator like I screwed it up. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't yeah. get Reddit. Like <laughs> <Right>. I, <laughs> like I'm all yeah, like definitely. I get Reddit in the sense that I scroll and I'm a, I use it to kind of find stuff. But like if you try to engage in some of these subset communities, you know it's crazy. And I think it's going to have different type of evangelists to reach different types of people. Yeah. Um. And I I think you know DJ is perfect. He his methodology is changing for his audience. And so like. You know, I'm talking about doing ministry, you know, primarily, you know, in the Western world, or at least people with traditional, like, where church is possible. And he's reaching people that aren't going to church. And so to think we're double dipping on audiences is crazy. So I think I, as much as, like, I probably wouldn't do a VR baptism myself, I also understand why it's a a possibility, you know? Um, And that would probably get me in trouble in a lot of people. But I I just, I as much as, like, I, I can't go, like, it's wrong. I, I would just go. I don't think it's probably the best expression of what baptism means. But hmm. you know, is if if somebody's like you know in the middle of a desert and they're about to die and yeah. they want to be baptized, you know, I think God's gonna like honor. <laughs> you have an Oculus Quest nearby. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And, and a good <laughs> I know. Like, well, yeah. And but but that's the thing. Yeah. Like I'm full immersion guy. Like I want to baptize you in in water. Sure. Like yeah, that's. I hear I'm you. a good. You know. I'm licensed by the Southern Baptist Convention. I have sure. to say that. <laughs> Right, right. Um, but like, you know, I would sprinkle somebody if like, you know, if something's going to happen, you know, like now sure, I, I, yeah. I couldn't do that at my church, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I would do that. Sure. I would do that at my, myself because I think God is also in those moments because it's not a salvation issue. Yeah. Um, you know, but so I, I think though these questions are the ones that, you know, we, we have to think about, you know, what do we actually believe? I think they actually do. Sure. Uh, they're important, important questions. Yeah. So when it comes to your church, how have you guys overcome some of those things? Because I mean, like communion for communion can be a very personal thing, especially depending on the de- denomination that you're in. You know, baptism—it's very difficult to do baptism at a church if everyone's you know joining on Zoom. So, for for you and uh, Saddleback, how have you guys overcome some of those challenges? Yeah, so we've leaned in heavy into like your family gathering together to watch the service. Hmm. We've tried our best to kind of use language like that. So um, communion um, has, 
we really lean into that language. Um, and then if, yeah, when we talk about communion specifically, it's either, you know, your family take it or, you know, we provide guidelines for your small group to take it over a zoom, um, type of thing. We've also leaned into, you know, whoever you're quarantined with, you know, we're trying to be respectful of, um, especially being in California, we're, we're trying to be really ex- respectful of, um, of not encouraging people to break the rules. We, I think that's something we, we've, right. Um, really been conscious of and so like even as we've like we did something during christmas where it was like a watch party thing where you know watch service with other people but on that we said like people you're quarantined with um here are links to the cdc guidelines you know yeah um type of thing and so for us we've just leaned into that language at least you're doing life with other people now because pre-covid we had a really solid small group strategy um it was really easy for us to pivot to that because the weekend wasn't our our, our main thing. It was one of the main things, there's no doubt, but, Hmm. um, it allowed us to, um, just say whoever you're doing life with, you know, take communion that way. If you want to get baptized, we can train people to baptize you. We did host a couple unique things during COVID where we, uh, we did host some baptism events where people could walk into the water and a pastor would be present. Um, if you really wanted to, to be baptized, you know, we, we kind of, we, we've, Okay. Considered, like, I don't think scripture says, like, you have to have a hand on the water. You know, there's just people present. Sure. Yeah. And again, <laughs> I remember we were having this conversation mm-hmm. and, like, with one of our elders, and I was there, and I was like, this is such a weird conversation. Like, this <laughs> yeah. is, right. you know, um, and then, you know, traditionally we would just wait, you know, because salvation isn't in play with baptism. But right. we also understood that, you know, mm-hmm. we found during COVID because of, uh, transitions and um, you know a tribulation really like people are really warm to taking next steps in their faith and we want to capitalize on that yeah, moment like totally. and baptism is one of those things that like solidifies yeah you know what's going on so if people are willing to go to this degree and we had to like study can COVID you know I remember like this COVID transfer in water like you know like we're like trying right. to sure, figure out yeah, all this yeah. stuff um, but we did that how much chlorine yeah right? yeah cl- a lot of chlorine <laughs> uh the cdc chlorine that we bought um but like it it was like it was interesting and so we tried a bunch of stuff some you know the baptism thing we didn't baptize hundreds of people it wasn't like a mm-hmm. a, a thing that worked but um at scale but i think it also was really powerful we we streamed it on a on a private zoom call where people you could tell people what we would do is schedule it and um, I wasn't part of this event directly, but um, the, our Lake Forest team did a great job where, like, you could tell your small group to be present on the Zoom at 6 o'clock. Oh, that's cool. And they could yeah. watch you get baptized while you walk in. And so there was a corporate. So I think communion was really easy because of the small group language. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, baptism was a little bit more uh, difficult. But, you know, I, I still think it's, you know, for us, it was it's it's a struggle. It's not a struggle for my community, but it was a struggle for a lot of our, our campus communities because it was like, how do you do this? You know, yeah, I can hear that. So in the coming year, should we be able to expect a full immersion into hand sanitizer from Saddleback? <laughs> um, I mean, that's still technically liquid. Right. Oh gosh, that sounds so weird. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. That sounds that. that 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 would be uh, hilarious. But that that should be that should be like a good one of these yeah. comedians on Christian jokes should totally be making right. that joke. That's a good right. Baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Hand sanitizer. <laughs> I was just we. My wife and I went out last night uh, for like Valentine's Day, or whatever, on on Monday hmm. night because we have kids, and so that's the only time we could go. And um, sure. when we came back from the bathroom, you know, we're sitting outdoors or whatever and spread out and everything. And I like, I just said, I like, I use the hand sanitizer when I 
came out of the bathroom mm-hmm. and um, I told my wife, I was like, oh, man, this stuff feels so weird. I go, I, and then of course she asked me like, why didn't you just wash your hands? I go, I did both. Okay. Don't judge me. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but it is really weird, but I, yeah. <laughs> to each and every one of you, thank you for listening to the Black Bar Podcast. If you enjoyed the program, be sure to hit that subscribe button and share this conversation with others who may also enjoy what we talked about today. And if you'd like to go more in depth on today's conversation, you can connect with us on the Black Bar Discord. Whether you're looking for help, desiring to help others in the church creative field, or even if you're interested in joining our volunteer team, visit discord.blk.bar to get connected. Also, be sure to check out our weekly videos on YouTube as well as our content on both Instagram and Facebook. We can't wait to see you next week as we uncover more secrets of the church media and marketing world.